And uh, their goals for during that time, 3.6 goals against, 2.53. They have points in 13 of those 15 games, of course, and they've gone from 27th in the standings after the first 12 games to 7th overall in the National Hockey League. Welcome into Penguins Live Weekly. This is Paul Steigerwald along with Brian Metzer. And Metz, it has been a winning week, and the Penguins are feeling like winners right now. And it's a great feeling after what we went through when the Penguins lost seven in a row uh, way back when. You're right, Stag. Uh, I, I, it's a lot of fun to watch them play right now. They're they're getting contributions from everybody, right? I mean, just the way that they they get the goaltending that they need. They get um, goal scoring from unlikely people. You know, everything is just going very well for the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. We have the highlights of all three games this week. We're going to hear from Chris Letang on his recovery from the stroke. Uh, the Penguins president of business operations, Kevin Acklin, on a new initiative with uh, the Pittsburgh Public Schools. Michelle Crecciolo and how the Lady Penguins are in the spirit of giving this holiday season. And uh, we're going to get right to it. So we'll be back in a moment. It's another hour of spirited Saturday morning hockey talk on the Penguins Radio Network. Presented by ST Bank. Some chefs have a secret ingredient. Well, we found the perfect secret ingredient. 7-Up. That's right, 7-Up has just the right balance of bubbles and flavor. That's why you can do a lot with it. Like 7-Up pancakes, cupcakes, guacamole, carnitas, and oh yeah, don't forget the cocktails. You can make 7-Up whiskey, sangria, margaritas, and much more. Go to 7-Up.com to find more recipes. Visit your nearest local retailer and pick up a 7-Up 20-ounce bottle. 7-Up is the official soda sponsor of your Pittsburgh Penguins. Do more with 7-Up. Please drink responsible. 7-Up is a registered trademark of Dr. Pepper 7-Up Incorporated. As a Penguins radio partner for many years, I can tell you that ST Bank is a community bank that truly cares about people. Whether you're a brand new customer or your family has been with ST since its start in 1902, the team is ready to exceed your banking expectations. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com. Learn how ST Bank supports its neighbors at stbank.com today. Member. FDIC. Life-changing is a nursing career where you have the power to take the lead and opportunities to make real change, where you work alongside colleagues that care and see inspiration every day, where you're celebrated for who you are and have the support you need for what matters most to you. Life-changing is being a nurse at UPMC. Explore your career options today at upmc.com nursing. The Pittsburgh Penguins ticketing department would like to thank season ticket holders for their tremendous support. As members of the Black and Gold Premier, season ticket holders receive invitations to exclusive events and contests, flexible payment options, and discounts on food, beverage, and merchandise at PPG Paints Arena. Holy moly. To learn more about season ticket memberships, please visit www.pittsburghpenguins.com slash season tickets.
You're listening to Pens Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. Well, in case you missed it last night, the Penguins defeated the Buffalo Sabres by a score of 4-3. to So we're going to start with that game, and then we'll rewind back to last Saturday, as we always do. We take a look back <coughs> excuse me, uh, at the week that was for the Pittsburgh Penguins here on Penguins Live Weekly. And usually right at the start of the show, I have a frog in my throat that I have to clear, <laughs> and then we get on with our business. Um, and uh, last night, the Penguins uh, saw the Buffalo Sabres pretty dominant in the first period. Tristan Jari weathered uh, what you would call a Buffalo storm last night. And you know what that is. That's a big storm. And uh, they had 13 shots in the first period, but he didn't allow a goal. The Penguins did get the first goal of the game. Took a while to get it. 15-36 of the second period, Jake Gensel cashed in on the power play. Here's Crosby controlling. Right circle for Gensel. Back up top to Petrie. Feeds it left wing for Malkin. Drifts back to the wall. Passing the slot. Gensel shoots. He scores! A PPG for PGH. And Jake Gensel breaks the deadlock. It's 1-0 Pittsburgh. Sabres would get a goal from Victor Olofsson, his 12th of the season to tie it at 18.08 of the second period and then take a lead on a goal by Jeff Skinner, his 13th of the year. Uh, tough goal to give up for the Penguins here because, uh, you know, the numbers when you trail going to the third period. Well, in the case of the Penguins last night, when they trailed going to the third period, they had not won a game. They were 0-6-1. Jeff Skinner scored at 19.15 of the second period to give the Sabres that important 2-1 to one lead. Yoki Haru back in his own end. Feeds it up the right side. Connects there to Skinner. Curls it forward for Middlestat. Back to Skinner. Right side, Middlestat. Cross-ice pass Thompson. Throws it back door. A chance. They score. Jeff Skinner. And two goals in just over a minute for the Buffalo Sabres. They take a 2-1 lead. But the Penguins were undaunted, and they came out in the third period, and they evened the score. And Ricard Raquel was able to put it in after Sidney Crosby made it what Mike Sullivan would later call an unbelievable play to keep the puck in the offensive zone and then make a ridiculous pass from his butt all the way across the ice. And eventually the puck ended up in the net compliments of Ricard Raquel to tie it at 2 at 2.53 of the third. Two minutes, 40 seconds gone in the third. What a pass from Crosby to Heinen. Fresh on the ice, right wing. He'll sh- shoot one that bounces off a stick into the slot. Heinen rips one, and a save made by Anderson. Rebound, Raquel slams it in on the far post. And the Penguins tie the game with 2.53 gone in the third. In the 20 games that Brock McGinn has scored a goal, the Penguins are 18-1-1. Here is one of the ones he scored in those 20. Dumoulin back to it. Pokes it up the wall for his partner, Ruda, who backhands it in the air out to center ice. Bouncing puck found by McGinn. He's over the line, right wing in the slot for Kapanen. Back to McGinn. Hammers one. Scores! Brock McGinn off the near post and into the back of the net. And the Penguins take the lead. 3-2 with three and a half to go. Unfortunately, there was uh, some time for some more drama, and uh, we'll get to that in a moment. A lot of drama, actually, because the Buffalo Sabres got on the power play when Evgeny Malkin took an unnecessary penalty, really, and uh, kind of frustrating to see that. Uh, Kyle Oposo was the extra attacker jumping on to make it a six-on-four, and he was right in the slot when he let it go to tie to three at 18.30 of the third period. Casey Middlestat protecting that puck well. Anderson's going to the bench for the extra attacker. Six skaters on for Buffalo. Six on four on the power play here for another 32 seconds. Centering pass. Oposo shoots and scores. 
And with the goalie pulled, Kyle Oposo on the power play ties this game at three. His second of the season. And then going down the stretch, the Penguins whacked uh, the glove of Craig Anderson, the goaltender of the Sabres. I think it was Raquel and Gensel who both kind of poked at his glove. Nothing major, but, you know, how players, they seize every opportunity to take exception to anything you do with their goaltender. And the Penguins uh, found themselves being chased around the ice a bit. Jake Gensel in particular. Jeff Skinner went after him. Uh, Gensel slashed him. Skinner retaliated. And here's what it sounded like. Here's Gensel getting it ahead. Crosby over the line. 25 seconds to play to Gensel in the slot. Chips it on net. And a save made by Anderson. Gensel took a poke at him after Anderson covered it. And takes a whack over on the far side from Skinner. A couple oh, of cross whoa, checks whoa, whoa, to whoa. the face from Jeff Skinner. Oh, my goodness. That's awful. Jeff Skinner just lost his mind and cross-checked Jake Gensel right in the face. Oh, my goodness. That is awful. Lunged at him and oh. delivered a few straight cross checks to the mouth. Yeah, of Jake I don't mind the cross checks on the shin guards. That's that's just, but you cannot cross check a guy in the face. Oh my goodness, Jake Gensel, he's going right down the runway. But he was okay, thank goodness. Jeff Skinner, not so much. He got a match penalty. He probably won't play tonight when the Penguins meet the Sabers again. And the Penguins ended up with a major penalty power play that carried over into the overtime period. So lots of time to get it going and get it together. And Jeff Carter finished it off at 1.36 of the overtime period. To the right circle. Wrist shot blocked atop the crease by Carter. Rebound slapped wide by Raquel. That shot by Gino actually hit Carter in the midsection. Here's Malkin in the slot. Left side Raquel throws it in front. Carter puts it in! Jeff Carter tells you to lock the doors and turn out the lights as the Penguins have won this game in overtime. 4-3 the final score, and Carter says good night. Jeff Carter's 87th game-winning goal, second among active players, delivers the uh, game for the Penguins, a game that started slowly but ended dramatically, Mets, and uh, another example of how the Penguins are finding ways to win these days. Yeah, uh, real quick, Stag, I want to throw out the Department of Player Safety tweeted last night uh, that Skinner is having a hearing today. So they're squeezing it in quick. They normally take advantage of that one-game suspension to buy them a couple days to figure out how they want to proceed. Well, they wasted no time. That tweet came out uh, nine hours ago, as a matter of fact. So um, that's good to see that. And the Penguins, I just like the way they pushed back in this game because it could have gone really sideways the way the first period went, being outshot 12-2 to at one point. Tristan Jari bailed them out, did his job. They got the first goal. Kind of faltered a bit in giving up two in a minute seven. But the way they fought back in the third with the 17 shots on goal, overcoming the cross-check to Jake Gensel's face, getting the big the big goal to win the game in overtime by a guy that hasn't scored a lot lately, Jeff Carter, it just shows you why they have value in having him on this roster because that's a grizzled vet, not shy about going to the net, made a great play with his skates to, to kick it to his stick and bury it. So... Uh, another another great team win for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, the Buffalo Sabres are not an easy out. I mean, they are going to be a really fun team to watch, I think, for their fans up there. They're scoring a ton of goals. They actually went into the game with the highest goals for average in the National Hockey League after having beaten Columbus 9-4 to with Tage Thompson scoring five goals. They kept him off the board, so they, yeah. that's one another little victory uh, for the Penguins last night. But just uh, in general... Uh, Mets, uh, it just shows you that the Eastern Conference, no matter who you're going to play on any night now, uh, maybe with the exception of Columbus, who are just tortured with injuries and 
you know, I, I think it's going to be a really long year for them. But I, you know, generally, I would say that the Eastern Conference, no matter who the Penguins are going to play, it's going to be tough. Oh, there's there is no easy out, like you just said. And uh, if anything, it's interesting to watch the transition of this Sabres team, uh, and and we've seen them through the preseason a couple times. We we saw them early in the year. Now we're seeing them after they had to kind of bounce back from an ugly span like the Penguins did. I mean, they had that stretch between November 4th and, and November 19th where they were on a losing streak. Now they've won, what, four of their last nine, I think. So it's just, it's it, it. I love watching a young team, how they cope with it. And I thought they came out pretty much firing on all cylinders, coming off a nine-goal output, actually 15 in their last two games, as you pointed out last night, before they came into the game against the Penguins. And they really limited them pretty well. So it was uh, interesting to watch how the Penguins contended with it. And we'll see if they can shut them down again tonight. It'll be Casey to Smith tonight uh, against Uko Pekka Lukanen. And uh, Tristan Jari last night, 8-0-2 uh, now with the win and uh, in his last 10 games. And, you know, I you can't underscore enough the significance that he has had in, in relationship to the Penguins' uh, recent run here in the last 15 games. Well, not everybody has a, uh, and I know we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but not everybody has a backup goaltender that you can be comfortable using and winning games with, you know, Stag. So it's it's just um, a very big feather in the cap of this this franchise that they've been able to find Casey DeSmith, develop him, and have him as a very viable 1B to their starting goaltender, Tristan Jari, who can comes in, gives them solid efforts. And I'm surprised they didn't just use him back-to-back against the Sabres because of how well he played in his <laughs> career against them, right? I mean, he, he has seemingly owned that franchise. Although he was in goal <laughs> when the Penguins lost to them earlier yeah. this year, six to three, so the Penguins uh, certainly know now that the Sabers can put pucks in the net. And I, you know, I have to say, going into the game last night, I actually thought, well, the Sabers scored nine last game. They're going to wish they saved a couple of those for the Penguins, and I think that was the case in the first period. They hit a couple posts, and they just weren't getting a job done as far as getting the puck behind Tristan Jari like they had done in the previous game against the Columbus goalies. Okay, um, let's listen to what Sidney Crosby had to say after the game. Can you walk us through the play you made on the Raquel goal? Yeah, I was just trying to keep it in. I mean, trying to find some way. It's, you know, sometimes it's not pretty, but you got to find a way to keep it in. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So uh, glad that it ended up in a goal. So what was able to change between, you know, the first 40 minutes and the last 22 or 23 minutes? I don't know. I mean, they possess the puck, and if you get on your heels and get, you know, you get in, you know, long shift situations, uh, they can make plays. So, you know, either we didn't do a good enough job of managing the puck or didn't kill plays quick enough and they got some momentum. So I think uh, we know when we play them, they're, they're dangerous and they work, they work well together. So, you know, it's a constant battle of them trying to, to play their game and us trying to get out of there quick and, and get to the run. On the plus side, the power play looked like it had a lot of opportunities, a lot of shots. Do you guys feel like you're finding your rhythm? Yeah, I mean, ultimately you got to you know put the puck in the net and execute, and you know when you're able to do that, it feels good. So hopefully that can build some confidence, some momentum, and uh, I mean it's going to be the difference in games. Our, our kill was, was huge too. I mean we had some important kills there, and uh, you know if the power play can contribute and chip in like that, it gives us a good chance. Boy, is that true? They did have some big kills last night, Mets, and the power play did score two goals, right? Oh yeah. Uh, so, um, man, you got to uh, you got to say the Penguins' goaltending and special teams were the keys last night to the win against Buffalo. And um, you know, if, if the power play can kind of match the penalty killing, what it's been doing over the last several weeks, 
Penguins are going to be really hard to beat. That's the big thing that they've needed to kind of rectify because early in the year, the PK was an issue. That's turned around. Their 5-on-5 play has been pretty solid. I mean, Sidney Crosby essentially leading the league at 35 years old and 5-on-5 points. And then uh, this this power play is the last component. And if you can get that clicking and utilize it as a weapon, another arrow in the quiver, you know, for the Pittsburgh Penguins, I think they will be very tough to beat, Stag, because – that's what the Sabres do. I mean, they use that power play that's so effective to win games for them. And that's how the Penguins have thrived at times in the past because you're not always going to be able to get five-on-five five goals. They've got to get the power play going, and I think they've turned a little bit of a corner in recent in recent games in that capacity. Even so much as getting a six-on-five goal last week, that was big. Uh, you see them now getting a couple power play goals, and over this last little stretch, I think it's really started to heat up a bit. They're tied with Carolina now for third place uh, in terms of points uh, in the Metropolitan Division. Long way to go. A lot of divisional games to go, four-point games. They're all huge, of course, for the Penguins, and uh, they're just playing some great hockey. And uh, they will play the Sabres again tonight uh, at PPG Paints Arena. The week began last Saturday night with a visit by the St. Louis Blues, or as Joe Barknick calls them, the Bluesers. And uh, two right-wingers who had been overdue for the Penguins for a breakout did just that in the first period. Kapanen behind the net. Drives it free up the far wall for Zucker. Connects to Russ, left circle, back in the slot. Joseph holding, throwing it in front, backdoor feed, put in! Kasperi Kapanen at the far post, slams it in the back of the net. And all of a sudden, it's goals in two straight for Kapanen, and the Penguins lead it 1-0. Here's Bennington. Playing it inside the trapezoid to the right side. Knocked down there by the pressure of Zucker, who's been very engaged so far in this one. Left side, Rust rolls out with it, shoots, and scores! Brian Rust off the schneid. Puts it up over the glove of Bennington into the back of the net, and the Penguins have a 2-0 lead. After Pavel Bushnevich cut the lead in half for St. Louis, Kapanen cashed in on the power play. Up top to Joseph, 10 seconds on the power play. Across to Kapanen. Passes back to Joseph, right wing, to the left side for Carter. Wrist shot, left pad saved by Bennington. Passed in front, and they score! It's Kapanen again! Atop the crease, puts it home off the feed from Malkin, and the Penguins go up 3-1 on a PPG from PGH. In this game, Jordan Bennington, the goaltender for the Blues, was having a tough time stopping the puck, so he tried to stop Jason Zucker from coming around the net by putting a glove right in his face. And uh, Zucker went down. That didn't feel too good, but at 151 of the second, this did. Comes free on the near side to Rust. Protects the puck on the backhand, carries it to the near corner. It's Malkin in that corner, in the slot for Zucker. Snap shot, he scores! Take that, Jordan Bennington! Jason Zucker through the six hole, and the Penguins make it 4-1. Vladimir Tarasenko made it a 4-2 game before Cappy saw the Caps fly. Back over to Kapanen, right point. Feeds Joseph, center point. Left side for Rust in the slot. Zucker back to Rust. Left circle throws it in front. Deflects in. They score! And Kasperi Kapanen puts it in the back of the net. It's a Hattie for Cappy. And a PPG for PGH. The hats fly as the Penguins take a 5-2 lead. Crosby added an empty netter. And for the sixth time this season, uh, that... uh, Total of six goals for the Pittsburgh Penguins is a league-leading figure. Um, they're just uh, racking them up. And here's what Kapanen had to say. He scored three of the six. You know, that might have been the easiest easiest hat-trick in uh, history, just going by post and kind of topping them in. So um, all the credit goes to you know Rusty and, and P.O. For, uh, and Gino for passing those things. 
Yep, an easy uh, hat trick for he, he. It's easy for him to say. I, you know, and maybe it was easy, but uh, he needed he needed an easy night. Uh, he's been having a tough time getting the puck to go into the net and just generally being in the right place at the right time. But he was there three times uh, last Saturday night. What stood out the most to me, Stag, is the fact that if you add up the distance on all those goals, him away from the net, the three in this one and the one in the game before, it couldn't have been twenty feet away. He's right on the goal, and you know when you go to the net it's going to work out for you. And that's one thing he wasn't doing. It's something that the Penguins needed to see him do a little bit more often. And he's getting his nose dirty again and going to the tough areas and, and doing some blue-collar things. And I think that's going to really help him be more successful. He had a couple um, nice plays throughout the rest of the week, too. It's not just the offensive productivity now. I think he's got that confidence growing again. And that can only help this team because how good can they be, Stag, if you can get a Casper Kapanen into a 15-20 goal mindset on your third line. I think that's a pretty good spot for the Penguins to be in. You know, the Penguins are so deep on the right wing if they can get everything going, right? I mean, you, you talk about Raquel, who's just been so consistent. Yep. Raquel had a stretch of four games where he didn't score a goal. But other than that, this season, he hasn't gone more than two games without scoring. So he's been very consistent producer for the Penguins. And Brian Rust was really struggling, and uh, he broke out last week with four points. So he's back on track. So now you've got some serious firepower and depth there on that right side. And on any given night, one of those guys can, can beat you. Yeah, I, and I, what I would say about Raquel is if you, even though he didn't have points, there the goals in those games, Stag, I think if you looked at it, he probably led the league in third assists over that span because he's always instrumental That's a good point. in creating the the play. I mean, he does things along the boards. He, he digs pucks and does things that open it up for the other guys. Hits. To, yeah, I mean, he, he does all these little things. and. I think that's what we were hoping when he came on board, and and I think a bigger thing for the Penguins than any of this is what you just pointed to, too, Brian Russ getting himself going, because he is such an important player for this team. He gets those top six minutes. He's getting a chance to kill penalties now a little bit with uh, Paling on the shelf, so he's playing in all facets of the game, and I think he was a guy that maybe lacked some confidence early when he wasn't cashing in, and so now to get him on track and starting to collect points, that, that just makes them that much more dangerous. So next up, Tuesday night, it was the Columbus Blue Jackets, and many fans were barely seated when Johnny Hockey drilled one past Tristan Jari. Settled by Ruta, up the left wing for Rust, who knocks it to the neutral zone. Patrick Laine picks it up there, fires cross ice for Johnny Gaudreau, in down the left wing, wrist shot, scores! What a snipe from Johnny Gaudreau over the glove hand of Jari, and one minute in, it's 1-0 Columbus. That goal held up till early in the second when Brian Rust continued his resurgence we were talking about. At the right point, Ruta throws it on net right pad, saved by Merzlikens. Rust back to the point. Rister from Dumoulin wide, pinballs atop the crease. Rust pushes it to the net, and they rule it a goal! Brian Rust through the wickets on Merzlikens. It's a Big Mac goal! And we're tied at one on Rust's seventh goal of the season. Then Sid got the next two at an 18-shot second period. Face off to Elvis's right. And it's one by Crosby. Back to the left point. P.O. Joseph hits Raquel. A shot from Gensel in the slot. Stopped by Muslikins. Crosby puts the rebound over his right pad and into the back of the net. And just like that, two goals in two minutes and two seconds. And the Penguins have a lead. It's 2-1. Here's Malkin. Dangles around Roslovic, left side to Gensel, throws it back door, Crosby deflects it in! A PPG for PGH, beautiful passing, finished off by the captain, and the Penguins go up 3-1. Teddy Bluger failed to score on a penalty shot against his fellow Latvian countryman Elvis Merzlikens 
But later, when Elvis tried to leave the building in favor of the extra attacker, Bluger did score into the empty net, and the Penguins won 4-1, to a third straight win. The Penguins were given the day off the next day, and they were rewarded for that. They're busy this week with lots of stuff going on, going to Children's Hospital and stuff like that. So uh, we'll get to that when we come back on the other side of the break. But Mets, uh, uh, only two teams, the Devils and the Leafs, had compiled, compiled more points than the Penguins since November 9th. And that, that trend continues. As I said at the beginning of the show, now nobody has. Now that they've won last night, it's 24 points since November 9th, the most in the NHL during that time. Yeah, and, and the fact that they are ahead of the Devils, who seemingly win every night of the season. I mean, they're, they that's the craziest thing for me, is that, you know, you go back a month here, and we were thinking that the Penguins, oh, you know, we made I made a joke with you, I think, off-air. I may have said it here. Just because I knew that the league would die, that oh the Penguins can get themselves in the in the Bedard sweepstakes this year if things continue, you know, oh, if they're God. not able when they were losing, and I, I was just kidding because we knew that the Penguins could bounce back as they have, and boy, they've really turned things around in the month of November, as have some of their players, and it's just it's a long season. You have these ebbs and flows, and I'm sure that they'll have another stretch where we're going to be shaking our heads, but they always seemingly find ways, and that's what they're doing now, and they found a way to lead the league over this span, which is really impressive. So the Penguins played Tuesday night, not Wednesday or Thursday. And on Thursday, Chris Letang addressed the media for the first time since being diagnosed with having suffered a mild stroke. And we'll hear from him after the break. You're listening to Penguins Live Weekly on the Penguins Radio Network, presented by ST Bank. Jim Shorkey gives Pittsburgh's best hockey fans a Kia hat trick. Price, value, and warranty. Kia inventory is back in stock, including 2022 Kia Forte, Soul, K5, Sorento, Sportage, Carnival, Telluride, and more. Or pre-order now and get it exactly how you want it. With trade values higher than ever, the time to upgrade is now. Your deal, your way. What a great day. Proud sponsors of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Experience the best of Kia at shorkykia.com. Let's go, Penn! Hey, Pittsburgh Penguins fans, this is Selena Pompiani. You know what's as classic as Jeff Jimerson singing the national anthem at a Penns game? Glidden paint on your walls. Glidden premium interior and exterior paint is easy to use, affordable, and provides a great-looking finish. Oh, and it's available online and in stores at the Home Depot starting at under $20. Skate full speed into your next DIY project with Glidden by PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Stop by Burgatory, Pittsburgh's favorite local burger joint, located at Section 206 in PPG Paints Arena. And with 700 spots around town, we're always easy to find. Burgatory, hell of a burger and heavenly shakes. Visit our website at burgatorybar.com. If there's a better place for world-class outdoor adventure or a better place to take in top-rated fall colors, we haven't seen it. But you should see it. It's all right here in West Virginia. Plan your fall trip at wvtourism.com. Today for students is essential to develop a global perspective. You need to push yourself out of your comfort zone constantly. I think that's really a part of the experience of studying abroad, is to broaden your perspective of the world and of people. We want students to know that if they go to Kent State, they have the world a la carte to develop a true global perspective.
You're listening to Pens Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. As we said on Thursday, Chris Letang addressed the media for the first time since being diagnosed uh, with having suffered a mild stroke, and here's what he had to say. Scary, to be honest. Um, you know, they, you know, my kids, they, they don't care if I'm a hockey player or not. They, they care about having a dad. And um, same thing with my wife. She, she can't care less about hockey and, and everything. She knows that there's so much more. And um, after hockey, there's, there's a long time. And, you know, you want to be, uh, be able to enjoy those moments with your family, with your kids. Um, so, you know, they, it was hard. Uh, it, but like I said, um, we've been through this, and me and Darmesh have a clear understanding that we're going to take all the, the time we need and um, we'll make all the research possible to make sure it's safe for me to play and um, there's no danger for me to keep going. Darmesh is the Penguins team doctor, Dr. Darmesh Vias. It was nice to hear Tanger talk about his annual visit with his teammates to Children's Hospital in light of what was happening to him personally. Kind of heartwarming. We're just uh, coming to visit uh, the kids, try to brighten their day and a little spark before Christmas. They're going through things that we can't imagine how hard it is. So um, just having the chance and, you know, put a smile on their face and have a nice little conversation and just that little visit, what it does to them, it's amazing. It's the little things that we do and it, it brings so much. If I can actually make a little difference, and I, I think it's a great thing and I wouldn't miss it. Did you see the video of them at Children's Hospital, Mets? Yeah, I watched. I watched part of that. It's always so heartwarming uh, to just see them with the kids, and um, they become kids themselves when they're around the kids. I mean, I feel like we've watched so many of these guys grow up here, Stag. That I think of them as kids anyway, to a certain extent. I agree. And to see them in that capacity is always just so nice. And I, I love the way that uh, they give back like that and go and do that with those with those kids. It's a great tradition for the Penguins, and the players love it. That's the thing that's really cool. And uh, the Penguins are doing other things, too, uh, in the community. Uh, Tuesday, the Penguins announced a new initiative with Pittsburgh Public Schools. We had the president of business operations, Kevin Acklin, on our pregame show on Tuesday night to discuss it. We take very seriously our commitment to the residents of the city of Pittsburgh, our host city. And, uh, you know, the Penguins have long been about community investment, uh, growing the game of hockey, and, and you already mentioned our – our Hunt Armory project over in, in Shadyside, which we partner with our friends over at Highmark, uh, to bring the first indoor sheet of ice to, to the city of Pittsburgh in over 20 years. If we're going to be serious about growing the game, if we're going to be serious about reaching players of color and in, in expanding our fan base and, and, and really diversifying the game, we got to bring the game to the city. And so the, the Armory, again, we had a practice there last, last Monday. It was great. Uh, we announced earlier today uh, a second stage project uh, called Penn's All-Stars. It's a project, uh, an idea that started from our staff internally through some conversations with our new ownership group at Fenway Sports Group. And the idea was every kid who's at, uh, who goes to Pittsburgh Public Schools, their teachers and staff, should have an opportunity to come to a Penguins game, no matter what. And so that's our commitment. It's an expensive commitment, you know, with our ticket program. Uh, but also let's layer in the opportunity to learn life skills, to learn what it, what it means to be uh, in the front office of the Penguins and, and try to mentor these kids. And so we've announced today the Penn's All-Star program. Uh, it'll start on December 12th, the, the game here against Dallas, where every student uh, has the opportunity for two free tickets to come to a Penn's game. And then starting next year, uh, the Penguin staff, 
players uh, and executives are going to be working on a mentorship program going into the schools, teaching them about career opportunities, and then bringing them here to PPG Paints to, to learn what it's like to run the business side of, of the Penguins. So something, you know, for folks like, like myself and others, you know, I grew up in the city from Oakland, uh, you don't lose an, or forget where you came from. And um, this is yet another commitment that we want uh, to show the residents of the city who make us who we are, how, how much we care about them. And a buddy of mine, uh, Mets, just uh, told me uh, yesterday, he said, yeah, my daughter found out she's getting to go to a Penguins game. <laughs> she's going to get two free tickets. She goes to school in the city. And uh, he said, she's going to get a drink and something to eat, too. <laughs> so, you know, that's kids nice. are already, they're already aware of it, the schools and the parents are, too. So that's what, a, what kind of an impact it can have right away. Oh, it's definitely big. I mean, I to a certain extent, I mean, I almost feel like it's not – it's different than it was, but it's almost like when, when I was growing up in the city in the 80s uh, and the Penguins were growing with Mario coming to town. And I remember there was some outreach happening with some of the schools and everything. I went to school in Bloomfield, uh, which is a city uh, area. I know it, was, it wasn't it was a public school, but they still in that area, they, they there was an effort. Like we had Tom Barrasso come to our school for it was, it was an after school. It was an evening thing. He signed some autographs and all of this. And every once in a while, we get tickets for our hockey league in Bloomfield. George Savarese, you may remember him uh, from Pittsburgh. He ran our our uh, hockey league. And so this is kind of that kind of all went away for a while. And I love that Kevin Acklin is kind of ushering this back into these city neighborhoods to get kids involved again because, you know, I, I think you kind of rest on your laurels a little bit. You're like, boy, the Penguins have grown, and this is pretty neat. Well, guess what? You have you have large areas that maybe aren't as familiar with your product, and so you can get them involved. And now you have that rink, as Kevin mentioned, at yep. Hunter. Oh, I would Arbor's. have killed to have had that whenever we were growing up in the city. I mean, there to to skate, you had to go to you know not necessarily the suburbs, but out of the city. I mean, you were in Harmer, or you were going out to to Warrendale, or you were going out to. I think South the Hills. closest one at that time was probably the Alpine Ice Arena that was there for for a while in the seventies, but that was a long time ago. Oh yeah, yeah. And it closed, and then you had Monroeville Mall. Uh, you had the one on the south side for a while that was open. Uh, well, and that was small. It was yeah, just it was, it was up on the hill, you know, just yeah. a small rink. And and really, Stag, it was a dump. Basically. If if we wanted to skate, <laughs> we went to North Park, South Park. You went to the outdoor rinks. Um, even uh, it's the one up in um, it's not Frick Park. Shenley Park had a nice rink, but it was outdoor. So I mean, you know, you, if it was, you know, twenty below and snowing, I mean, it, it wasn't that comfortable. You're right, and uh, we've been very fortunate to see how hockey has grown in Pittsburgh because of the kinds of things the Penguins are doing. I give them a lot of credit because they are successful on the ice and they're using that to their advantage to grow the game even more rather than just sitting on their laurels and counting the money as people come in through the turnstiles and watch the Penguins play. Yeah, you you can go back uh, through what I mentioned, and then also they've had a lot of these kinds of initiatives. Like this is a different way of doing it now. Before, it was things like Student Rush, which still exists, but it was getting people a, a cheaper opportunity to come to games. Now you're exposing people to it differently. You're, you're providing opportunities to play the game that weren't there before. So I think that they've been very forward-thinking in a lot of this stuff, which is really nice to see for an organization like this to give back. And the Penguins' wives are involved, too. The Lady Penguins, as Michelle Crecciolo told us last night on Penguins Inside Scoop. Right now, they are uh, doing a candle collection. So if anyone listening is looking for a Christmas gift, I mean, I personally think you can never have enough candles, but um, my bank account might not agree with me. But they uh, they picked the, the scents. There's three of them as a nod to favorite hockey memories. They're called Flashing Through the Snow, Pond Hockey, and Icing. 
And all the proceeds will support the angel fund that they created to benefit nonprofits in Pittsburgh and the surrounding area. So today is actually the last day to order them. So that they do get here in time for Christmas if you want to buy them for someone or yourself. Um, so that's a really cool thing that they're doing. I think something that's a little bit creative. And then uh, in addition to that, they're hosting the Players' Favorite Things Basket Auction, which is live until December 11th. So that's this Sunday. And each guy put together a collection of items that they love. And this year's time, I feel like the guys really went for it. Like, right now, the basket with the highest bid is Ricard Raquel. And he has, you know, they, the guys usually autograph a bunch of stuff, like jerseys, you know, shirts, hats, a bunch of different gear. Um, and so he has a bunch of that stuff and some cool Swedish things that are, that are a nod to his heritage. But then he also threw in a Nintendo Switch, which is awesome. And then Marcus Pedersen put in an Apple TV. And uh, so the suite's at the bar. And then I know P.O. Joseph saw that. And he was like, oh, I need to up my game. So he put an espresso machine in his. So the guys are kind of all trying to do, outdo each other. And, you know, they're so competitive sag that any way they can find a, to kind of, you know, what up each other they do. But this is all for a good cause. And um, it's been really interesting to see what the guys have in their baskets. So, you know, I would recommend logging on, taking a look. And then if anything strikes your fancy, you know, you can bid to win a basket and give back at the same time. And the proceeds for that benefits uh, Highmark Caring Place, the Lullaby Fund, and the Homeless Children's Education Fund. So, for anyone that has any interest in any of the stuff that I mentioned that the Lady Pens, the Players Better has are doing this holiday season, they can go to the Penguin Foundation website to learn more because that's kind of, they do such a great job working with the Penguin Foundation and Amanda Susco, who's the senior director over there, she, she does an amazing job of really helping them kind of do what they would like to do to, to help out the community. So it's a good stuff this holiday season, said. Yep, it's a great holiday season for the Penguins and uh, Mets, uh, we talked about this on a post-game show one night <clears throat> last week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we were talking about uh, how Eddie Johnston used to want the Penguins to be on the road uh, during uh, Christmas time because he thought there were too many distractions. Like you have, you know, people coming in, family. You're trying to get tickets for your families, you, and you got all this. You, you know, you got the Christmas crazies, yeah. and uh, so he wanted his team to be on the road. Let those other teams worry about that stuff. But in, in this case, the Penguins are home a lot. I mean, they're they're going to go on the road to Florida and Carolina, which is uh, which is good. But uh, this home cooking has really come in handy here in the month of December. And it's not easy for any NHL team to sell tickets this time of year either because people are hanging on to their money for Christmas and so on. And the Penguins have had a lot of home games jammed together here. But, boy, have they taken advantage of the, of the schedule at this point after having a really tough schedule to start the year. A lot of road. Uh, they were already out west once uh, for the Western Canada trip, and usually we don't experience that quite so quickly. I mean, they maybe started home through the month of October. Well, this time around, the league seemingly sent the the Penguins around the continent. Well, now they've quickly utilized this span to go seven three and two on home ice, which is nice, and I think that number will be even better before the I yeah before they turn it you know out into the into the next month, into the new year here, because things will even out a little bit. But there were just so many home games through the month of November, into December, and I love that they've taken advantage of it because PPG Paints Arena is typically a tough place to play, and there were moments this year I was thinking to myself, well, it doesn't seem as tough as it once was. Well, they're making it that way again, and when they take a lead at home, you kind of feel like, okay, they're going to find a way to get the two points. We'll be back. We'll take a look at uh, all the scoring going on in the National Hockey League with that 9-4 game standing out of my mind. Uh, we also had a 9-8 game recently. Crazy stuff going on around the league. A lot more goal scoring. We'll talk about that when we come back and take a quick preview of tonight's matchup rematch with the Buffalo Sabres. That's coming up in a moment on the Penguins Radio Network presented by s Bank. 
Add some cheers to your new year with the Pittsburgh Penguins Festive 5 Holiday Pack. This five-game bundle features games against the Jets, Avalanche, Devils, Islanders, and Flyers, plus game day concession credit for every ticket purchased. Gift this Festive 5 Holiday Pack by visiting PittsburghPenguins.com or by calling 412-642-PENS. And you'd have to be here to believe it. Penguin Season presented by UPMC. Life-changing is a nursing career where you have the power to take the lead and opportunities to make real change, where you work alongside colleagues that care and see inspiration every day, where you're celebrated for who you are and have the support you need for what matters most to you. Life-changing is being a nurse at UPMC. Explore your career options today at upmc.com nursing. As the official security provider of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Vector Security is invested in the success of the entire Western Pennsylvania area. If you run a business here, they understand your primary focus is serving your customer. And a big part of that is making sure that your customers, your employees, and your inventory are all safe and secure. Vector Security can help. Schedule a free business security health check today, and one of their local security experts will assess your needs. Visit them online at vectorsecurity.com pens to learn more. If there's a better place for world-class outdoor adventure or a better place to take in top-rated fall colors, we haven't seen it, but you should see it. It's all right here in West Virginia. Plan your fall trip at wvtourism.com. Stop by Burgatory, Pittsburgh's favorite local burger joint, located at Section 206 of PPG Paints Arena. And with seven other spots around town, we're always easy to find. Burgatory, hell of a burger at Heavenly Shakes. Visit our website at burgatorybar.com.
You're listening to Pens Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. Yeah, we were talking about all the scoring, and uh, there's a great article by Pierre Lebrun of uh, The Athletic about uh, how a- offense has grown, uh, averaging now in the NHL 6.36 goals per game, up from 6.29 last year. It was 6.04 and 05. Uh, the average save percentage is 0.905. Uh, that's the lowest since point since 0607. So the save percentage is way down. Uh, because more guys are scoring goals. And, uh, you know, a lot of different people were quoted in this article, um, one of whom was Drew Doughty, who talks more about how uh, players don't uh, really have to uh, check the way they used to. You don't have, like, fourth-line players who are just grinding it out. They all have more skill. He says, uh, you know, it's completely different, a way faster game, more skill. The fourth-line guys back in the day, they were just going to dump and chase. You didn't have to worry about them trying to – one-on-one you. Now you can't (laughs) underestimate anyone on any team because they're going to try it. That's one of the quotes. Barry Trotz had a really good one about saying that guys don't know how to check. Uh, Essentially, he's saying they don't know how to play angles and things like that. You know, He says, uh, the youth the league has shown, everybody is pushing offense, which is great for the league, but at the same time, you have to understand at the end of the day that it's about winning and you have to adjust the game to win the game. A lot of young players, instead of managing the game when you have a two- or three-goal lead, they're looking at going for four or five. Therefore, some of those games end up getting more wide open. (laughs) Good stuff, though, right? Um, And just a lot of really good quotes there if you can find the article. But, uh, Mets, we've seen it, uh, you know, in Pittsburgh with some of these wild swings of momentum, uh, a term that Sidney Crosby used in the earlier soundbite we played. He said, we didn't kill plays, uh, you know, um, to, to stop the momentum. And I had asked Mike Sullivan about that a couple of weeks ago. But how do you get the, how do you squelch those times when one team is just dominating in the offensive mm-hmm. zone? It's like a, a merry-go-round. The puck's following them, and they keep shooting, and puck doesn't go in, but it's it never leaves the zone. And he said, you got to find ways to kill the puck, kill plays, and and it is an interesting phenomenon that I don't remember seeing before where you have such wild and consistent or sustained swings in momentum. I wonder if, because in LeBron's article, Stag, they, they mentioned the spike back in 05-06 where goals jumped to 6.17 goals per game, which is below where it is right now. But in the last two seasons, they cracked down on the cross-checking, and they're calling now the the hooking a lot more when you it just happened to Gino last night before if you got your stick up around a guy's arm if, if you didn't really truly ski down the ice I mean and even then I mean think about the times we talked about Mario they used where, to call it locking on yeah I mean, you actually yeah. it was like a thing they you're holding on to this to powerful yeah. guy yeah so I I think that taking <laughs> that out of the game a little bit removing the the cross checking in and around the net it the goaltenders lives are a lot harder because nobody's able to really push guys out of their way anymore, so they're screened a lot more. The big boys are in there knocking the goaltender around a little bit, maybe not knocking him around, but taking his eyes away, taking the lane away, so that those shots can come in. The rebound opportunities are there for either that player or one of his teammates to knock in, and they have other players tied up. Think of how we've seen that happen to the Penguins, where there's a guy just lost in and around the net, so I think that's helped. And then you stir in the fact that they're, with the salary cap in recent years, there's a lot more younger players in the league than there were. So the skill, the young skills getting a chance sooner. They're not beat up either because of the new rules being enforced a little bit. And then you stir in the fact of something you mentioned to me last night with the, the goaltending. 
I don't know that there are, but, you know, maybe 10 top tier goaltenders in the National Hockey League right now. And so they look around and they have these, um, the second tier of goalie, like there's, they're serviceable. They're, they're able to play at a average level in the NHL, but those guys tend to yield three goals a night and their team can win four, three. Well, think or, about or, it. You, you know, think about it. every team puts their backup goalie in for the second of back to backs, which, yeah. which, which theoretically are going to be a harder night for the players out front. And oh, yeah, the guys yeah. in front of the goalie, they're right? Tired, yep. And now you're putting the goalie in a tougher, it's like a double whammy, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at it, there's only eight teams that have two goalies with save percentages over 900. Yeah. And the Penguins are one of them, by the way. Uh, Which is awesome. Yeah. So that second guy is usually a guy who's under 900 in save percentage, and he's playing in a game that's, well, let's listen, I don't know what comes first, the cart or the horse, because maybe his save percentage is a lot lower because his team is tired in front of him, and he's got a tougher job to, to do that night on a second of back-to-backs. On the other hand, he's the backup goalie, so he's not as good as the other guy. I mean, that's just... That's just the way it is. And uh, and I think you're seeing teams use their other goalies more. They have been over the last few years. They don't want to overtax their number one goalies. Plus, there are a lot of back-to-backs for everybody. And we already see six of them now for the Penguins, including the one tonight. And, uh, you know, those are tough games to play for the goalies and for everybody else. And I think it brings um, less defensive hockey and more scoring. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, when you, when you mix in that thinking – of the the backup getting in there with a tired team in front of him, people being able to take advantage of it. I mean, I, I'm just looking at goals against average for even the top-tier goalies here, Stag. I mean, there's only two guys with the goals against right now under two, and it's uh, Linus Allmark and Sam Sonov for the, the Leafs. Sam Sonov's only played 10 games, so they haven't— He, he doesn't count. He hasn't had a whole—you <laughs> know, a huge, a huge sample size. But then everybody's at two or higher, and before you'd see— during the dead puck eras, you'd have 10 guys with a goals against around like 1.99, you know, that kind of thing. It's just not the case now. They've opened the game up, and to me, it's way more entertaining. You like it? I like a lot of goals. I mean, it, it's it's fun for me. Now, you could see a lot of goals tonight, right? I mean, absolutely. I, Both I of these so. teams can really light it up. I hope it so. It didn't Stag, happen last in, night, but it could happen. Yeah, because we're in the building, and we get to witness it with our, our bare eye, our <laughs> naked eye. <laughs> well, as long as everything else is closed, we're good. <laughs> Mets, we'll see you tonight. We'll be back at it. Yes, we will. The Penguins and the Sabres tonight. It's a 7 o'clock start, of course, at PPG Paints Arena. We'll have the pregame show for you at 6 or 6.30, depending on the network station. It's the second of a home-and-home between the Penguins and the Sabres. Penguins won last night 4-3 in overtime. For Wayne Gretzky, Anderson, and Brian Metzer, I'm Paul Steigerwald. Thanks for listening to Penguins Live Weekly on the Penguins Radio Network, presented by ST Bank. Jim Shorty gives Pittsburgh's hockey fans a Mitsubishi hat trick. Price, selection, and warranty. Grab the most affordable all-wheel drives on the market like Outlander, Outlander Sport, and the Eclipse Cross. Or pre-order now and get it exactly how you want it. With trade values that are higher than ever, the time to upgrade is now. Your deal, your way. What a great day. Proud sponsor of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Come find the Mitsu that fits you at ShortyMitsubishi.com. Let's go, Penguins. Hey, Penguins fans, put some flavor in your season with Snapple. Here at Snapple, we are serious about flavor. Snapple's got tasty tea and real fruit flavors all mixed to perfection. So try some of our favorite flavors, including peach tea, diet peach tea, or Snapple apple tea at your local retailer. Snapple is the official tea and juice sponsor of your Pittsburgh Penguins. Put some flavor in your break. Make time for Snapple. 
Hey, Pittsburgh Penguins fans, this is Selena Pompiani. You know what's as classic as Jeff Jimerson singing the national anthem at a Pens game? Glidden paint on your walls. Glidden premium interior and exterior paint is easy to use, affordable, and provides a great-looking finish. Oh, and it's available online and in stores at the Home Depot starting at under $20. Skate full speed into your next DIY project with Glidden by PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Pittsburgh Penguins ticketing department would like to thank season ticket holders for their tremendous support. As members of the Black and Gold Premier, season ticket holders receive invitations to exclusive events and contests, flexible payment options, and discounts on food, beverage, and merchandise at PPG Paint Serena. Holy moly. To learn more about season ticket memberships, please visit www.pittsburghpenguins.com slash season tickets.